Welcome to Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio with author, speaker, and your host, Pat Rulo, serving you a generous helping of everything you need to know to help you and your loved ones stay safe during any doctor or hospital visit. The program is not intended to replace medical advice from a licensed professional, but rather to encourage you to become a well-informed participant in your health and well-being. And now, your host, Pat Rulo. Hello and welcome. I'm Pat Rulo, the voice for patient safety, where each week we delve into little-known healthcare and hospital hazards, as well as other fringe topics that affect your health and well-being. I'm so happy you've taken the time to join me, and today I have lots to share with you. So, let's dig right in, shall we? Well, right now I'm going to share a gentleman with you who is an author, and he hosts his own podcast. His name is John E. Greek. I interview hundreds of authors every year, and John was an author I interviewed about a year ago. We spoke about his book, Grandma's Secret Blessings, a memoir with a twist, and that's also where we introduce the concept of the wounded child, how all of us carry with us through our entire lives that little wounded child from the past and actually maybe have more than one wounded child. And so his book series and his podcast series is called the Mortal Wounds Series. Now, I also do podcast production for folks, and I also narrate and produce audiobooks for people. And so John allowed me to help him with his podcast and with a recent audiobook called The Suicidal Wounded Child. So today I thought I would share one of his recent episodes with you because I think his message about looking inward and identifying that wounded child and how we can deal with it and get past that and move forward in a positive and healthy manner, I think it's extremely important. So right now I'm going to share with you just a portion of his podcast called the Mortal Wounds Series Podcast. So here we go. Welcome to the Mortal Wounds series podcast with John E. Greek. I am Pat Rulo from the Speak Up Talk Radio Network, here to learn right along with you about the wounded child each of us holds within our psyche. John is an accomplished author, speaker, and wounded healer, and each episode promises a peek into stories using real-life examples related to the various attributes of the wounded child. As a healer, John helps us to see and recognize that, like him, we too most likely have a wounded child just waiting to be recognized and healed. And right now, here to tell us we are not alone, John E. Greek. Hello, everyone. Let me introduce myself. My name is John E. Greek. However, my real name is Johnny Hodgkinson. (laughs) I know what you're thinking, Hodgkinson. Not a very interesting name. I bet many of you relate it to Hodgkin's disease. I'll admit, it's a really hard name to say, and an even harder name to spell. Most everyone butchers it until I teach them how to break it down into three syllables. Johnny Greek is a much more interesting name. I bet many of you are wondering how I came up with it. 
Well, it's simple. John's my first name. E is for my middle name, Earl, a name I'm also not too fond of. And then Greek, which is tied to my heritage. In Greek, my name is Yanni. So I find Johnny Greek works. I'm second generation American Greek from mom's side, whose family name is Meta, which means to transcend and go beyond. Now, don't you think it's a fitting name? In fact, it's so fitting, I'm here to tell you. I come from a long line of Greek philosophers. At a very early age, I studied most of the famous Greek philosophers, which include the likes of Aristotle, Plato, Homer, and Socrates. Because of them, I consider myself a great philosopher. My best-selling, award-winning memoir, Grandma's Secret Blessings, a memoir with a twist, is full of my philosophy about life and the wounded child. But I'll come back to that later. People say writing a book is cathartic. For me, it was a great way to heal my wounded children. 31 of them to be exact. Doing so catapulted me into writing the Mortal Wounds series, a series of books about the wounded child. Now I know this most likely leaves you with the big question, what is a wounded child? Well, I'm here to tell you, weren't we all innocent children at one time or another in our life? Most likely we were rolling around on the grass looking up into the sky with the innocence of a child. Unfortunately, not so for every child. Some of you might have been looking up at that same sky thinking of your childhood wounds. Not everyone in this world has a happy childhood. Many of us linger with the thoughts of anger, guilt, fear, or even sorrow. We're the tainted ones. That's the wounded child I'm speaking of. So why are you here? I believe the time has come for you to meet that child, that wounded child. Isn't it time to heal that child and make friends with that child? This is most likely your time. That's why you're here. It's your time to heal. That's my work. I'm a recognition champion, and I'm here to help you recognize your wounded child and to show you various ways to make them a happy and healthy member of your family. So how am I doing that? I'm doing this with the Mortal Wounds series, telling the healing stories of the wounded child. Here's a sampling of some of the stories. The Suicidal Wounded Child, already published by the way, The Abused Wounded Child, The Molested Wounded Child, The Ageless Wounded Child, and my favorite work in progress, The Obese Wounded Child. I've identified 47 titles so far, and I keep adding to the list. I bet before we leave here today I'll have a few more to add. Another way I help with the wounded child is through my podcast the Mortal Wounds series podcast on speakuptalkradio.com, a place where I introduce the world to the wounded child. It's my purpose in life to heal one soul at a time. I'm here to help others and to help you, to transcend and to go beyond. But that's not all. Another thing I'd like you to know about me, that I'm not just an author, I'm also an entrepreneur. I'm the proud owner of Overt Outreach, social media empowerment and virtual training for authors. Now I know what you're thinking, Overt Outreach. How in the heck did he come up with that name? Well, let me tell you, Overt by definition means 
done or shown openly, not secret or hidden, and of course outreach, easy by definition, reaching outward. Even though the business brand simply states empowering authors, it actually has a deeper reach by empowering people. It can be for anyone who wants to expand their presence in social media. I'm here to teach you how to overtly reach people all around the globe. That's me in a nutshell. Are you ready to hear about the Mortal Wounds series and about expanding your overt outreach? Well, yes, I am ready to learn more, John. So please tell us more about a wounded child and your role as a recognition champion. You know, the, the role as a recognition champion has really been a curious thing to me because ever since I recognized that the wounded child, everything I see around me, especially television, I see the wounded child. Uh, I was thinking the other night I was watching a TV show. I can't remember exactly which one it is, and it doesn't really matter at the time. But in the middle of the show, I identified like five wounded children. And they're before us in real life. Kids that act out in the grocery store, for example, there's a reason that they act out. They're a wounded child. Something has caused them to act out. Adults arguing in the street. There's a wound that's been within them that's causing them to act out in the street with another person. And so we have to look deep inside our psyche and say, what is causing me to react this way? You know, for example, my neighbors, they put me out of business in a a fashion that was unfathomable to me. I created my back property into a party and wedding grounds. I spent close to $600,000 of my retirement figuring it would be a nice place for people to have their wedding vows or have their after parties quinceañeras and everything, and all they did was complain to the county that the noise from the music was hurting their horse's ears. And this enraged me to a point that my wounded child came out and I reacted in ways I didn't really feel good about reacting. We oftentimes look at situations and say, these people are horrible. Now, it doesn't mean you ever have to agree with what they say, or it's okay to disagree with what they say. That's what they call fight or flight. But in a fight or flight situation, you have to also come to realize that what's going on with them is actually something going on within you. So a lot of times we're faced with these big events to teach us something and to open our minds and our hearts to the fact that we have a wounded child that needs to be healed. And it took me about a year of anger to get over the fact that these people put me out of business, along with the county of San Diego, which didn't help. They put me out of business, and I was very upset. I mean, $600,000 is a lot of money to put in your property, and now you can't use it. And so it caused me to sit with anger for close to a year. I, I, I can't even look, I couldn't even look at these people. I couldn't even think about them because I'd get so enraged. Well, what is it in me that I needed to heal? Well, it was a wounded child. And in my case, it was the blameful wounded child. I wanted to blame somebody else for my downfall. Now, I knew when I built up the property that this was a possibility that I could 
fall into a situation with neighbors that they would fight me from being able to use my property the way I wanted to use it. And yet I kept on going. The sad part is, is they watched me build it for four or five years. And in the process of doing that, um, never did they say, hey, we really don't want you to do that business. I mean, if they had said something to me five years earlier, I could have stopped and saved some money. But instead, I kept on going. They waited till it was done, and then they took me on. So that's what the anger was from. And where did the blame come from? Well, I'm going to tell you. This is how the blameful, wounded child in me came about. When I was about seven years, no, actually, I think I was 11 years old. We had just moved from San Francisco to San Diego area. And we're living in a brand new home, and my brother and I shared a bedroom. And my brother was goofing around, and he pulled down the blinds, or the shade. It was one of those pull-down shades. He pulled it down, and when he did, he broke it. It it fell off, off the window attachments. My father comes running in, and immediately he doesn't say, who caused this, who did this. He immediately blamed me and started beating on me. And I, from that day forward, had a hard time with blame because when you blame somebody, you make sure you know, in fact, that they were the cause of the incident. Otherwise, you create in them a blameful, wounded child. And this was a culmination of multiple times of blame for something that I didn't do. And it finally hit me and took me down to a point where I realized I could never, I could never succeed when I'm around my father. It continued on in, in my teen years when my brother got his driver's license. Within one week, he was in a car accident. And when I was getting close to being 16 to get my driver's license, my father says, you're not going to get a license till you're 18 and you're on your own. And I said, why? And he says, because you're going to do exactly what your brother did. You're going to get in a car accident. Well, unfortunately for my father, um, I got my license at 16, but I had to go around his back to get it. My aunt was here from San Francisco visiting, and she took me. Um, for my driver's license, because they already have my mother and father's signatures on my learner's permit, so they didn't need it a second time. I just needed an adult to take me in for my driver's license. Got a 96, passed the test, um, came home. We told my mother. My mother says, don't tell your dad. I'll be the one to tell him. And immediately, as soon as he was told that I passed my driver's test, He says, well, I don't give a damn if he passes tests or not. He's not driving any of my cars. Well, my mother, love her to death, she holds the keys out and she says, you know what? I'm the breadwinner in this family. I'm the one that pays the bills. I'm the worker. He's going to drive my car anytime he wants to. And that was that. Unfortunately, my father, he continued to blame me for anything that happened in life. And the blameful wounded child is something that took a long time for me 
to deal with. And I think this situation with my neighbors actually woke me up to the fact that I needed to heal the blameful wounded child. This is so huge on so many levels, John. First, I'm sorry that you had to, you know, endure a childhood like that. That is, that's just so wrong. But that you could now realize as you're moving from that wounded child to the wounded healer, it's very interesting how you are kind of on heightened alert where everything you see now, you can see past, you know, the wounded child because you're viewing it as a wounded healer. So as you're telling your story about your neighbors and the blame that you were always blamed as a child, maybe it would behoove all of us. Maybe we can stop and look at why we react a certain way, especially if that reaction is pretty intense, or to maybe identify the patterns in our life and look inward and say, you know, why are we reacting this way? And maybe frame it around that whole idea of what mortal wounds am I carrying around? What mortal child do I have with me as a way to heal and then dissolve this dis-ease, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly it, Pat. You know, for me, I kept choosing women that they didn't love me. And it was a challenge for me to constantly want to win their love, and I wondered why until one day I realized it was because I was always trying to win my father's love. Right. That was my norm. That was that was what I needed. I needed to have somebody that didn't love me and try to make them love me. And I finally came to that point in life where I said, enough was enough, and that, that ended that cycle. You know, but, but people say things to us. I, I, I want to cover something else that that's very important, especially as parents or aunts and uncles, relatives, or just friends. Words words can really demean our psyche. They can really hurt. Words can be the most harmful thing we can say to somebody. And, and such examples are, how many times have you heard parents say to their child or even seen it on TV, you'll never amount to anything in life. You're such a loser. Take off that dress. You look like a whore. Keep your pencil in your pocket when you go out at night. I mean, just simple statements that seem simple and, you know, they think they're saying good things to you. But think about all these beautiful girls in the world that are told by their mother how ugly they are. And yet they start to believe it. And no matter how beautiful they are, inwards, they're ugly. And so words, words are the things we need to look at mostly in our life. We need to choose our words and choose them wisely. And I try to now, when I say something to somebody, I, first of all, if I'm going to compliment somebody on how they look, I'll say, man, that dress really brings out the best in you. But I'll say it at a point that they believe it, too. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing. You have to say it with belief behind it. And, of course, with love. Right. How often you are just out in public and you hear parents speaking to their children in such a negative way. And sometimes I just cringe and almost cry to think, oh, that poor little child, what's that going to do to them? 
And then as you're talking about this, I'm also thinking of the power of the little comment. So these are such horrible things to say. You'll never amount to anything. But I think about just my life with my mom and she and I were extremely close. We never had a rough word. Um, I spent a decade taking care of her. I mean, we really truly loved each other. And little things though, I would make a pumpkin pie because that was her favorite. And as she's taking the first bite, she would say, oh, what kind of cinnamon is that? So you knew that she didn't like it, you know, just a little thing like that, where I'd show up with a different shade of lipstick on and, and all she would have to say is, oh, pink. And so it's not necessarily a big, long sentence that's just degrading. It could be just that tiny little comment that, oh my gosh, that pink lipstick doesn't look good on me. Or, oh, the pie isn't good. I should use McCormick's cinnamon instead of this one. It's just very interesting about the power of a word. That's a great way to look at life in general. Just simple words can show that somebody doesn't like something. Mm -hmm. So so, so the bigger question is, how did you react? How do you react when she says that? Well, half the time I was just quiet about it. I knew what she meant. She didn't have to say, oh, that pink lipstick is too bright or I don't like that. And made me feel, okay, I better not wear that anymore. All of a sudden, you know, I'm a little child backing away from what I thought looked good on me. So it was powerful, really, in a negative way. Yeah, it, it is a powerful time and situation. So looking at it, ideally, if you were strong in your own personality, and I'm not saying you aren't, I'm just saying if you're real strong in your own personality, your your response might be just thank you. And, and where I got this, I, this was one of the most interesting things that I ever observed in my life. My second wife, she wasn't one to hold back her words. And we were in line at the DMV one day, and some guy just all of a sudden stepped in front of us. And she goes, excuse me. She says, I think the line starts back there. And the guy looks at her and says, well, you're a bitch. And her response was, thank you. <laughs> and she didn't say another word. She said, thank you. And his mouth fell open. Mm -hmm. So over time, I've learned to expand that in different ways, um, not just saying thank you, but you pull into traffic, you maybe cut somebody off. Maybe you're close to cutting them off. You did cut them off or you didn't cut them off, okay? But people have a tendency to do what? Honk their horn. Let you know they're angry at what you just did. Well, the easiest way to dispel that instead of creating a little bit of uh, uh, havoc between you and this driver is to just wave your hand. I just, I like to wave my hand at them. Mm -hmm. Boy, that stops real quick. They don't, they don't seem to want to um, fight or, or, or come after me anymore at that point. Just with a, with a wave that you recognize their horn or you're recognizing them. They have no, you have no idea what they're thinking when you wave, but I wave and that ends it. That's because they're so confused. I love that story about standing in line because you say thank you to an insult and the person, it's almost like you slapped them in the face. They have no idea. Is this person crazy? What do I do with that response? There's nothing left for them to do. And it ends it. That's right. That's right. That ends it. Yeah. And it was a good lesson to watch and, and observe from the outside. 
but I've always thought about it over time. It's probably the only thing she ever added to our relationship was that one moment. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that in. <laughs> I love that. That's the best part of this. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm going to have to use that. I'll just say thank you. Um, and your audio book, John, that just hit the street. Our audio book, <laughs> because um, just hit the streets. The Suicidal Wounded Child is now out in audio, narrated by myself and Patricia J. Rulo, our host here on the podcast. I think it came out very wonderful, and I'm looking forward to doing more audiobooks. I think audio is just another way to get your story out there and, and to help the world recognize the wounded child. So I thank you for your support on that one, Pat. Well, I thank you for allowing me the opportunity. I've learned a lot and just enjoy spending time with you. You are quite a teacher and a healer. And as we head out today, do you want to leave us with any final words of wisdom? The only words of wisdom I can leave behind today is watch your words. Perfect. Thank you, John. You're very welcome, Pat. So how was that? I always love working with Johnny Greek. He's the best. You can tell how easy he is to be a friend. Anyway, head over to his website when you have a moment, johnegreek.com. That's where you can find out more about his books, where you can listen to his podcasts, johnegreek.com, or you can scoot on over to speakuptalkradio.com, where you can also find all of his podcasts. And now before we go further, I want to mention another friend of mine who you hear me chat about every week. That is my realtor, Dan McCaskey. You know, after my mom passed away, we had the arduous task of selling her home, which was really a sad time for me. We put the house on the market and I had this feeling that it was just going to go on forever and ever and I was going to be sad having to be in her home and having other people look at it and talk about it. And guess what? In a week, it sold with our realtor, Dan McCaskey. So if you're looking to buy or sell anywhere in Northeast Ohio, he's one of the top agents. He's with Remax. Give him a call, 440-773-5542. That's 440-773-5542. And even if you're not thinking of buying or selling right now, do me a favor, just give him a call. Leave him a message and say, hey, Dan, I hear Pat talk about you every week and just wanted to let you know that when I'm looking to buy or sell, I am going to call you. That's it. Just leave him a quick message. I just want him to know that you guys are hearing about him each week. 440-773-5542. That's Dan McCaskey at danmccaskey.com. Hi, I'm Jana Panaritis, host of the AgeWise podcast. We're all living longer, and at some point, we're all going to need care. Many of us are already being cared for by sons and daughters, spouses and partners. On the AgeWise podcast, members of every generation share their stories of caregiving and aging. I like about living alone that it's all mine and is the first time in my life when I didn't have to consider children, husband, or anything else. She wasn't scared, and I was bawling. You know, I knew what this meant for her. There's no coming back from Huntington's. I also knew that the 50-50 chance that I had it. 
Tune in every Thursday for a brand new episode at speakuptalkradio.com. To learn more about the show, visit the AgeWise website. That's A-G-E-W-Y-Z.com. U.S. Marine Corps veteran Sherman Gillums Jr., thank you so much for all that you're doing to support military veterans and their caregivers. Thank you. Hi there, I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, the host of Mrs. Green's World, and I would really love for you to become a part of that world. We talk about things like the faceless villain of climate change, our compromised food supply, and about how to become a conscious consumer. But it's not all bad news. We educate, we inspire, we engage. We always leave you with some small steps you can take to make a difference for this great planet of ours and help you live the healthy life you deserve. Please visit MrsGreensWorld.com to learn more and become a part of our world. Well, there you have it. Lots to think about and plenty to share with others. And to do so, simply head over to the website, speakupandstayalive.com, where you can listen to today's show again and hear previous episodes all under the Radio Archives button. And while you're there, visit the shop page to get a copy of the life-saving book, Speak Up and Stay Alive, Your Hospital Survival Guide. And if you just need more of me, invite me to speak to your group, club, church, business, or hospital. My presentations are fun, fast-paced, informative, and life-saving. Visit speakupandstayalive.com for more information. Email me at pat at speakupandstayalive.com or call me and leave a message on the radio studio line, 440-725-5462. That is... 440-725-5462. Well, that is it for today. Until next time, I hope you have a healthy and a happy week. I am Pat Rulo, and I am the voice for informed choice.